0: good afternoon everyone and welcome to the show well of course another huge week in real estate all sorts of things hitting the headlines and of course the one that we're going to talk most about today is the market and where is it going but before i get to all of that i better have a conversation with you first and tell you who my guests are that are joining me this week joining me with minutes with a mayor is the mayor of mississauga bonnie crombie and have you ever wondered what the acronym RECO means well it stands for the Real Estate Council of Ontario and you know what they're actually there for you and later in the hour we've got mr. Kelvin QC joining me he's the deputy registrar there and you know what really important for all of you to stay tuned for that section I want to make sure that you're following the rules and regs and you know what so should Realtors and you're gonna find out how people can be responsible and how you can get yourselves into trouble and hopefully we can shed some light so that you do not hey by the way don't forget if you do miss out on the show and you're driving around you can always pick up on SoundCloud. All you have to do is go to the simpleinvestor.com and click on the News Talk 1010 icon. It'll take you direct to my page and definitely you can download any of the SoundCloud issues that we've got. In other words, if you missed 2 weeks ago, 3 weeks ago, don't worry, it's there and would uh, love for you to, you know, click on and listen. Definitely, uh, you know, it's great to be able to catch up if you've missed some of the shows. More importantly, it's the guests that we have and these are the ones that really do give us the meat and potatoes of the real estate market now speaking of the market of course i uh, i want to start talking about what is actually going on and the headlines continue to wreak havoc on i think a lot of people's confidence and i would have to caution you for reading the headlines every single day in the news when we watch some of the tv stations the first thing i want to do is just tell you the sky is falling in fact we've got some people that are predicting this whole thing dropping the bottom dropping out at it and saying 40 percent reduction well i think those people are ridiculous and quite frankly I think uh, I think what we are experiencing is Vancouver 2016 where we've seen an adjustment now let's spring back to where we are a lot going on but you know who's joining me actually today and we're going to be talking about something that a lot of you are probably kind of sitting on pins and needles is the Ontario government going to be implementing a speculation tax that's right you heard me a speculation tax for those of you that thought hey listen I'm going to take advantage of this real estate market how much tax will you pay well guess what i've got gregory Klump. he is going to be joining me from the canadian real estate association he is their chief economist and we're gonna have a quick conversation about what to expect you know i gotta tell you i'm watching the market as i do every single week we've got numbers that are saying the market is going down but more importantly the prices are not so is the sky falling? You know what? If you're reading the headlines, some of them are saying that it is, but I have to disagree with that, not entirely. What I don't want you to do is get nervous and do a knee-jerk reaction, because all that does is compound things. You know what? Make sure you know the facts. If you have to move, you move. But don't just sit there and think that it's time to flip the property and take any offer. You know what? You hire a professional, you'll still get the value you're looking for. So, are you looking at buying a property and hoping that it goes up in value? Well, you know what? Here's something that we should be concerned about and we've got a special guest joining us now here at Simply Real Estate. It is Mr. Gregory Klump and he is the Chief Economist of the Canadian Real Estate Association and Mr. Klump, welcome to Simply Real Estate. Thanks for having me on. So there was an article that came out and you uh, you had been quoted on it uh, stating that perhaps people in the GTA should be concerned of a possible tax on speculation home buying.
1: Well the uh, the finance minister himself is uh, has has been on record many times saying that he's considering uh, putting a speculation tax uh, in place and I think that's a really it's a, it's a it's a wrong-minded decision to put one in in that uh, rental stock uh, an important part of the supply of rental stock are uh, investors who are investing in condo units and renting them out um, in the event that, say, interest rates go up, and, and particularly with rent control now having been put in place, if the finance if the financials just don't make sense for that investment and they want to uh, divest, uh, it doesn't make any sense to, for uh, government policy to penalize them further uh, when they're in a negative cash flow position, and, and it's, it's very uh, anti-supply. And when uh, increasing the supply should really be part of the solution, and this works opposite, uh, works counter the goal.
0: Well, you know, exactly. And when, when the wind government released, I, I, I called it a 16 gauge approach, sort of like a shotgun, you know, trying to, you know, obviously we, we needed some pressure control into this marketplace. But when we talk about investment versus speculation, a lot of people, you know, when, when we do discuss this, we're looking for the fact that, you know, you don't want to have too much negative cash flow because then you really are going to have to sell the property to realize back some of your profit. So in the situation now with the rent control coming in the idea of a speculation tax I, I would definitely think it's a concern now would would something like this if it did get implemented would there be some form of of date or grandfathering of it because the wind government jumped right after the the uh, foreign buyers and literally 24 hours later there was a foreign buyer tax implemented in Vancouver and BC we saw that they gave a kind of a two-week warning shot something like this could it be that people were under contract and then anybody that actually established a new contract or is this something that people could actually face that have already purchased and are in the, the midst of owning these uh, investment properties
1: well, there's really no end to how bad policy can be made, uh, particularly if it's, be- if it's being driven by political considerations. Good policy, of course, is limited only by the imagination, and bad policy likewise. So um, it really all depends on how a legislation like that would be crafted. It doesn't- a regulation like that would be crafted, but uh, it's just wrong-minded because it's working counter to the goal.
0: Yeah. Mr. Klum, one of the things, of course, that is on everybody's mind here in Ontario is the fact that we're starting to see, you know, obviously inventory creep up, uh, number of sales falling off. Really, we're not seeing a huge uh, discrepancy in pricing. But ultimately, in the end, there is a little bit of, you know, it's making headlines. We've got a few people that are saying, you know, doom and gloom, and other people are saying, no, it should be business as usual. You know, uh, taking a look at the Vancouver, BC market, we, you know, we, we saw that their market did drop down a little. And now, now we're starting to see uh, it, you know, creep back up. Is this something that Ontario uh, is is going to feel for a long period of time, or would this be, you know, something maybe more of a knee jerk reaction, and we start seeing it settle out in about six months?
1: Well, it's it's, uh, it's too early to tell what the longer term uh, implications of this will be in terms of how it affects the market. It's early innings; so we've only got one full month. Uh, since uh, Ontario announced and implemented their their new housing policies. So it remains to be seen what what the longer-term impact of those is is going to be. But certainly with one full month under our belt, uh, it was a pretty dramatic drop. So it's certainly a space to watch
0: yeah you know it's interesting and in
1: vancouver when it uh, when well, you said that it had come back up you know let's be clear it's nowhere near where it was uh at its peak uh, early last year and indeed the, the mark even before the foreign buyers tax there was announced uh, had all had already been declining and just made a bad situation worse but we're up uh, from the bottom reached uh, earlier this year uh, sure and uh the momentum from April to May was actually a little weaker. So, it, it, and there's concerns that it's, you know the sales are topping out. So, we're less than halfway. And when you talk about a recovery, we're less than halfway from where we were at the peak uh, versus the bottom. And uh, it, it looks to be pittering out. It, in six months' time, um, uh, Toronto looks like that, um, it would still be down significantly from
0: its peak. Right. And and again, for, for most of our listeners, you know, there are those people that, uh, you know, we've kind of got a mixed market here, obviously. We've had the buyers, you know, demanding some form of action because they, they want things to be more affordable. But can can we, you know, naturally assume that we are a, a world-class market? So there is go, theres there's got to be a certain level that has to be established, I would imagine. If we take a look at cities like Vancouver and Toronto, there's got to be certain value that can be established. So when we hit bottom, if it comes up a little, sure, that should make sense sense and then other of course, there's the peak, so as a world class market, are we still not very competitive with you know some of the top cities in the world
1: it's an interesting way of phrasing it, but certainly there are other uh, world class cities uh, we were just at, at lunch yesterday talking about hong kong and it's it's insane the price of real estate in uh, markets to become denser and denser um, in as is the case in world class cities so certainly uh, from you know from a global price comparison standpoint, and particularly if you know if you're coming in with uh other currencies that are worth more, um, you're almost getting at a discount. So the prices themselves, uh, compared to other markets, are already, uh, you know, quite 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 a bit more attractive.
0: If we if we take a look at Montreal, um, some interesting numbers coming out of there. Montreal's market is up. Um, would this have anything to do with foreign buyers perhaps changing their focus from Toronto over to Montreal?
1: I don't have any data on that, but I doubt it um certainly montreal's had a gradual improvement it's certainly uh not not the stuff of that you would expect you if there were already you know lots of foreign buyers in, in toronto and you know the, the estimates have been put there they're between 5 and 10% depending on uh on who's done the research but uh it's not a a huge portion of the market and for only some of them to go over to Montreal. That really wouldn't be a market mover. So it's, I don't think there's really much of a story there.
0: Right. So um, you know, from from a Korea's perspective, of course, you're you're always following the stats throughout all of the real estate associations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we've got we've got you know some markets that aren't doing so great, and we've got a few markets that seem to be doing exceptionally well. Um, if we if we look at kind of a stabilized market through Canada, what should we be anticipating as far as numbers is there is there kind of a target market for 2017 or are we just going to kind of have to ride out this storm because Toronto I think is is going to be the biggest driver this year.
1: Well in terms of the how we expect sales to shake out this year and next uh, we expect absolutely we're forecasting a decline in activity uh, nationally uh, most of it led by uh, that in British Columbia and uh, you know about a, a percent and a half down this year on sales and a further eight-tenths of a percent uh, next year and certainly there's some downside risks to that because it's still early innings uh, in terms of the greater golden horseshoe and the impact that uh, recent changes to Ontario housing policy will have uh, in that market um, certainly there's upside and downside potentials so it's uh, it's something to keep our eye on.
0: Well, Mr. Klump, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today, and uh, you know we look forward to finding out, obviously, how the market fares. And uh, thank you so much for joining us at Simply Real Estate. Well, thanks again for having me. So, listen, as I mentioned, coming up next, we've got the Real Estate Investment Council joining us, and we're going to delve into what does it mean, RICO? What do they do? When were they established? So, stay with us. We'll be right back after this and welcome back so as I alluded to a little bit earlier um, you know here at Simply Real Estate, we always want to keep everybody informed. And for the longest time, you know, I think a lot of our listeners don't understand what the acronym RECO, RICO means. And so instead of me always giving you folks the education on this, I'd rather bring in the experts. And fortunately for today, uh, we've got Mr. Calvin Cootsey, and he is Deputy Register, Regulatory Compliance with the Real Estate Council of Ontario, and welcome to the show. Morning, how are you? Excellent, thanks. Um, So, uh, I I have to tell you, a lot of people probably don't really understand what RICO does, and I thought that perhaps, maybe having you on the show, we can give people, you know what, uh, you and I have a lot to talk about, first of all, okay? Okay. Like, we, we, we really do, because, you know, all sorts of things going on in the market, all sorts of things I'd love to give clarity to, and so if we can start off, first and foremost, is, when was RICO formed? Well, RICO uh,
2: was a bit of a offspring of the Ontario Real Estate Association and the Ontario government. And this year, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. So from 1997, we have uh, been charged with the duties of regulating registered real estate professionals in the province of Ontario and all things they do in trading real estate for consumers.
0: Right. Okay. So so far um you know if we if we take a look at the governing body so you've been in place for 20 years there's a it seems like the market itself um you know is got its good and bad apples per Absolutely. se and so is it fair to say that rico is there to you know if we break it down is there to watch and be able to discipline the bad apples sure uh, one of our primary mandates
2: is the public interest and that can be defined into two concepts one is consumer protection outright and also to ensure that the public has confidence in the real estate industry itself and so we deal with uh as you call bad apples routinely and regularly and we try to ensure that what they are doing is arrested uh, in that we can protect the public interest and make sure that people aren't harmed on an ongoing basis by the same type of repeat conduct.
0: You know, it's funny when you use the word arrested, I'm sorry, I immediately I had this image of a realtor with handcuffs on and I'm pretty sure there's a few people out there that feel that way. You know, it's, it's interesting because when I first uh, got in the business, uh, Rico wasn't around at the time. And Mm -hmm. so we're, you are talking early nineties. Sure. And when, when we, when, you know, they, they got, they came in and they implemented things, you know, there's been this you know, it was a lot less realtors first and foremost in the industry at the time absolutely okay and so now we've seen this massive run-up of realtors and you know I think the public perception especially going through let's say in a, a big market like we've just experienced you know, public perception of real estate uh, of course is, it became a bit of the wild west for a little while and you know it's unfortunate because I don't think everybody knows that you're actually out there and that you can actually help a situation but Unfortunately, a lot of times it's after the fact.
2: Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Todd. And, and the, the problem is is that our, one of our primary mantras is an educated consumer is a protected consumer. And unfortunately, we also get the, the sides of the story where people have been harmed or they've been prejudiced by some sort of conduct of a, re, a real estate professional. And we have to do it in the residue of what they're doing. And so we, we really try, uh, our approach is to educate consumers at a front end. So we have a lot of outreach, consumer outreach that we undertake to try to get them thinking about these types of things in advance because after the fact happens and, and, and oftentimes simply by the run of time, you know, oftentimes remedies are long after the harm has happened.
0: Yeah, and that's that's tough I think for a lot of consumers, you know, they they I don't think they quite understand the education that they're going to require. And um, so, folks, if you're just tuning in, joining me uh, right now is uh, Kelvin Cusey and he's deputy register at uh, RICO, which is Real Estate uh, Council of Ontario. And um, you know, one of the things that you know I've always tried to push here on the show is first, first and foremost, always dealing with professional agents. You know, um, you know, not that I'm trying to take any of the part timers out of the business or anything, or, or, or you know, tell people that you shouldn't use somebody. But the most important thing obviously, is gaining education. And, Absolutely. And so there's a couple of things I do definitely want to discuss with you today. And you've been very, uh, very um, generous saying that you're going to be able to stay on for an extra segment, which is going to be awesome. But um, to start off with is the idea of people reading their contracts. OK. Absolutely. And, and you know, rule number one. Rule number one. OK. So here's the here's the problem. And and you know, we just I mean, we've just come through probably one of the hottest markets historically that that uh, that Toronto's ever seen sure. and a lot of people turn around and they're so eager to get that offer in that truthfully they don't sign everything so you know let's 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 put on our buyer's hat for a second okay, okay? so we're going to talk good. about buyers not sellers yet sure. we're going to talk about buyers first so here you go you're getting ready to do an offer you know your agent says listen you know there's going to be 20 offers let's go let's go you know and by the way you've got to sign, sign this buyer agency agreement and by the way here's your offer you got to go firm can you take me through the steps <laughs> like i i personally think that all of that is completely wrong because they they're, they're forcing a signature out of out of the the the, uh, the buyer but at the same time the buyer's so anxious you know I, I right now I think you've probably got about seven flags up on the play yeah um, exactly so so how do, how do we talk our consumers through the situation and they have to realize that listen stepping back for a half an hour is actually going to probably save you a lot of angst later it, well, exactly, and, and nobody likes to read the fine print.
2: Now, I'm a lawyer, and, and sometimes you don't like to read the fine print, but it's it's that self-bridling that consumers really have to apply, and they have to say, hold on, you know, okay, what exactly are you putting in front of me? What's the purpose of this agreement? What's, what, what's my end? What, what am I involved with? What am I committing to? And again, the lion's share of registrants, we call them registrants, real estate professionals, are going to be very forthcoming in that, and they're going to allow you and give you the time to even get, you know, independent legal counsel to advise you on whether you sign this or not. Um. And, and I, I'm
0: sorry. I'm grinning at that one. Yeah, you're yes. grinning at me <laughs> because, because you're thinking, eh, it's not." I'm, I'm not necessarily. I, I'm not going to disagree, but I'm not always going to agree with some of this stuff because I mean, some some of these people, you know, they just they want to get the deal done, and yeah, just, that, that's fair. Like, let's let's go, let's go, let's go. And and it's
2: it's a it's a the one thing that consumers have to keep in mind is the agent is working on their behalf in a fiduciary relationship. They're the principal. They're the ones calling the shot. So when they're feeling hurried or pushed by a real estate agent, they are certainly entitled to say, Hold on a second here, Todd. We need yeah. to slow this down. I didn't quite catch what what this agreement does for me or does with me or I'm obliged to do.
0: You see, and, I, I I like that analogy right there, that people have to realize that they're ultimately in control. Absolutely. Yeah, and this is so important for our listeners' sake. Um, Kelvin, we're going to go to a quick break, but when we come back, I, I want to pick up where we just left off because to me, this is, this is something that our listeners have to know. So, folks, uh, listen, uh, stay with us. When we come back, more with Kelvin Cousy. He is deputy registrar at RICO. You definitely want to stay tuned for the rest of this because you need to find out the facts. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Hey, listen, if you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Mr. Kelvin Coussey, and he is Deputy Registrar at RICO, Real Estate Council of Ontario. As you know, I always try to encourage people to make sure they're doing their own due diligence, but um, Kelvin, you and I, just before the break, we were actually talking about the fact that people can turn around and I'm going to call it in the middle of a transaction, but when they feel uncomfortable, they've got the right to say, stop, hang on, let's take a step back.
2: Absolutely. They they have the ability at any time to say, okay, I'm 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 getting a little deeper than I wanted to. And that's why one of the big consumer uh, highlights we tell people is always work with a budget. Oh, you know, and and it's very tempting to say, Oh, let's go a little higher, let's get yeah. a little higher, and there's a I mean, we recognize there's a ton of pressure. Sure. On people, especially in circumstances of multiple offers,
0: and a lot of frustration. Absolutely, you know, and this is this is one of the things definitely our our listeners I think have been exposed to over the last let's say two three years is the fact that the frustrating frustrating point is they keep losing, and keep losing, and all of a sudden they throw caution to the wind. Yes, exactly, and it's it's almost like
2: we're in, we're all in, and that you know the the sort of the trend of poker takes over, and they just push <laughs> everything onto the table and say we want this house more than anything, and then. What we deal with at at Rico oftentimes is the buyer's remorse where they say, I think I overpaid. I think there wasn't this many offers. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, but there's a lot of doubt because they didn't have the opportunity to slow things down and say, okay, let's let's do this one step at a time, as opposed to rushing to the finish.
0: Yeah. So, so folks, we're just addressing more of the buyer side right now. We'll get to the seller side in a minute, but the buyer's aspect of it, because this is where really where I think a lot of um, I would say penalties are called. Okay. And fortunately, um, you know, Rico does act like a referee, and also I and I will call it an enforcer. You know, even though it's it's after the fact that the penalties. Yeah, it's more like a Monday morning
2: quarterback. Yeah.
0: Know. Yeah. So you know, it's like, well, they should have. Would have, um, you know. Here's here's one of the things though, and you know can you can you help us out and understand a little bit more about the multiple offer process because multiple offers of course have been you know like i said they've been going rampant for the last few years absolutely and the idea of multiple offers you know the idea that somebody's got to be representing their buyer you know sometimes i think realtors make the mistake in saying that you know well i'm going to push them a little harder because you know they really want this house i know how much they want the house and how upset they'll be to lose it But really, ultimately, it's the buyer's got to make that decision, not the realtor. Exactly. And
2: certainly one of the things, because in my role, I also routinely are out speaking to the different real estate boards. And one of the cautions I, I try to remind of the real estate people who attend those is, Keep in mind, it's not your trade. You certainly have an interest in the trade. You have an interest in succeeding in the trade. But it's the consumer who ultimately has to deal with the property and deal with the price. And in any multiple representation circumstance, there's always going to be pressure. And that's where, from our perspective in compliance, where we get into the nebulous area of non-compliance Because there is such a temptation to sort of throw integrity to the wind in the favor of making that deal, getting that close, that that's where our complaints rates have have skyrocketed in the last four or five years on the whole idea of offer handling, you know, far outstripping prior complaint areas. And so this is very, very topical for us. And what we're seeing is that it's expanding beyond the Toronto market because it's been in the Toronto area for about five or six years, but now we're getting it in
0: uh, the... Oh, the uh, other markets are feeling it. I mean, the market, you know, we're we're hearing people of London, even, uh, you know, sometimes we've had a couple of the the past presidents on Mm -hmm in the smaller markets saying, you know, down in Dover, yep. they're getting multiple offers. I mean, th- this is unheard of. They've never seen a market like this. And, you know, a lot of people throw out, of course, the speculation idea that, you know, listen, we have to buy because we've got to get in the market. But the truth is, is that, you know, and uh, we we were just talking with Korea, actually. You know, we do have a world-class marketplace here in Ontario. We, we certainly do. It's got to be one of the top world-class markets. And so people have to understand there is going to be a value, but... Th- you know when we put caution out you know there's a lot of paperwork that's getting signed on a regular basis especially during a transaction one of them of course is the buyer representation and you know, I wanted to touch on this with you today because a lot of people I don't realize, I don't think realize, is that what they're truly signing. And when you take a look at it, and they really do need to look at it. Yes, you know, absolutely. they'll 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 find an agent out an open house, or they'll go to the listing agent. And when they see something, and, and they say, "Listen, I want to buy it," so they, they you know they say, "Okay, it's okay to do you know uh, uh you know multiple representation. It's okay that you know I, I, I'm I'm going to buy this house." But what they don't realize is sometimes the actual paperwork they're signing, saying, "You're committing to me." As your buyer agent for the next 90 days. Exactly. Unfortunately, they don't necessarily use a geographical area. So they'll say, listen, you know, it's not this neighborhood, it's Mississauga, and, you know, it could be the GTA. And, and so can you kind of take us through those steps? Because I'm pretty sure that's some of your outlying complaints that you get.
2: Absolutely. And again, this sort of reflects on the real estate professional themselves. Uh, oftentimes, they'll. They'll say it's a brokerage policy that uh, you have to sign a, a representation agreement or a BRA as it's acronymed um, in order for me to represent you. And that should be the first alarm bell of, hmm, okay. Uh, so you want me to be contractually committed to you for some sort of reason? Read the fine print. Sure. And uh, if they're comfortable with that, then, then they can take the next step. Uh, but again, those forms are created to you know protect everybody. Mm-hmm. and they, when you read through the BRA form, um, it's a c- creating a contractual obligation, as you say, with that particular brokerage itself, right? And certainly, if you're looking at signing one of those, and it's there's not, no harm in signing it is just as long as you are intending to to move forward. Look at the geographic scope as you identify, and certainly um, the more reliable people will identify that particular home or that particular subdivision area of that particular municipality where there's mischief, and I'm meaning mischief in the pejorative, sure. is where exactly what you're saying. You know, There's a six-month commitment to uh, the greater Ontario area. And oftentimes, you know, there's there's checks in the form itself that require initials, and it needs to be brought to the person's attention. But but oftentimes, as you described, you get a pile of documents pushed at you and sign here, initial here, sign here, initial here. Hey, yep. let's go look at some hoses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's 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 problematic, and so we really need to exercise caution. So the steps are: what does this document represent? What am I by signing it? What am I committing to you? and what are my commitments at the end if we don't buy or we do buy what is my obligation to you individually as my agent yeah. not
0: as a agent you know it's interesting because you know when when you know I've been going back and forth with uh, the real estate uh, council here to you know to have you come on as a guest and you know we started looking at some of the topics that we wanted to talk to and as you and I sit here and have this discussion I realized that you know you and I should have our own series because you and I could literally go for hours about this I mean we're barely even we're we're, we're get barely past the first line of what I wanted to chat about but you know to to, to follow along that buyer representation, because I think it's so important that our listeners understand something. They're signing with a brokerage, not an agent. Absolutely. And, and here's the problem is that most people can't disseminate the fact that when they say, oh, you know, but I've hired this agent, ah, hang on. That agent is attached to a brokerage and that brokerage could have two or three hundred agents. or a thousand. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the truth is you're also committing to them. And see, this is the thing. It's not the one of's. They can't sit there and singularly say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to commit to Kelvin from this brokerage only." And so this is this is part of that education that I don't think people are aware
2: of. Well, and it goes beyond that, Todd, because it's also the brokerage itself. if, If you're on the seller side, to touch the seller side, you're not listing with Todd Slater. You're listing with Todd Slater Realty Brokerage Inc. Right, and you may have 35 people working for you. And, uh, and so in our legislation in Ontario, it's the brokerage who controls the process to the large degree where the trading, and there's obligations on the brokerage as well as on the individuals throughout our reg- regulations and, and legislation. And so people do confuse that dramatically. And, and agents are in a funny position because they're the agent of the brokerage first and foremost, but they're also the agent of their client First and foremost, and so there is an inherent, inherent uh, yeah, the cro- complexity yeah, yeah, to that.
0: Yeah, you're crossing the streams a lot, and I don't think yeah. people can. You know, it's following the bouncing ball. Exactly. Well. Th- there's a lot of bouncing balls yeah. when you when you start talking about real estate transactions and real estate representation and 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 that's a bi- that's a big part of it, um, Calvin. It has been awesome to have you on today. Um, I definitely am going to ask that uh, that we get you back on. Well, my pleasure. Because for us, you know, there is so much more information that I, c- I think that we can touch on, and uh, you know, it's been a real pleasure having you here for sure. So well, it's
2: been a pleasure uh, pleasure meeting time.
0: Yeah, like I said, there's so much more that uh, that we can touch on, uh, folks. Um, Mr. Kelvin uh, Cusey, Deputy Registrar from RICO. Listen, when we come back, we've got more uh, right here at Simply Real Estate. And uh, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Um, you know, as I as I've always said, you know, probably one of my most favorite things that I get to do as a radio host is to interview all sorts of different professionals. And of course, when I talk about professionals, it's not just limited to you know uh, bankers and lawyers. It's actually talking to the people that are in the actual blend of all the consumers, you know, working with the people that are actually out there. And you know that section called Minutes with a Mayor is probably one of the greatest, uh, I guess, uh, things that I have the pleasure of doing. And I have a special guest this week. It is the mayor of Mississauga. It is um, Mayor Bonnie Crombie. And Madam Mayor, thank you so much for joining us here at Simply Real Estate.
3: Oh, good morning, Todd. It is an honour and a pleasure, truly. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Madam Mayor, you know, uh, there is so much to talk about uh, with Mississauga. You know, you, since you came into power in 2014, have been, you know, wonderfully aggressive you know you've really turned around and done so much for Mississauga you know looking looking at your accolades I I could go on forever and ever Um, you know one of the big ones of course is the introduction of the LRT um, which has been a big part can you uh, can you help our listeners understand a little bit more about Mississauga
3: oh yeah if I could that's terrific we are still a fairly young city and a new city We're only 43 years old, and so 44 years ago, we were still farmland and fruit trees, and today we're that vibrant, dynamic, inclusive, leading-edge city, and I'm very proud of that. We're today the sixth-largest city in Canada, the third-largest city in Ontario, and let me just give you a few highlights. We are a family city. We have higher-than-average couples with children, 67%, which is 15% higher than the national average, two-thirds of our population has a post-secondary degree. And let me just tell you about some of the amenities people enjoy in Mississauga. 225 kilometres of trails, 25 ice pads, 11 indoor pools, 7 outdoor pools, and 22 kilometres of pristine Lake Ontario waterfront shoreline, and we're becoming a cycling city. We have now almost 250 kilometres of bike lanes. So you can see what an, an amazing city that we are building.
0: You know, uh, Madam Mayor, I've been uh, I've been a resident my entire life in Mississauga, and I have to tell you, I'm very proud of it. Um, at, at a time where I used to travel around the world as an athlete, you know, they would turn around and um, they would uh, you, you you put your where you're from, and I always remember going around the world that people would try to say Mississauga. <laughs> I had to tell you, it's, it was one of the biggest struggles that we could ever have. But right. um, when, when we when we take a look at it, and you know, I've been able to be firsthand watching the development. You know, when when we look at the the fact that you've got the LRT coming in, you've got a lot of new infill developments going on. Can you shed a little bit of light on one of the, your most recent, um, uh, you know, announcements? Of course, uh, near the Square One area, the the Rogers Group. They're they're going ODM to be able. Oh, city. Yeah, it's That's it, it's a incredible. Very, can you, yeah, sure, can you share that?
3: exciting. Uh, very exciting development. Uh, on uh, 10 acres of land, 10 new towers, uh, two acres being donated back as parkland. There will be uh, put out to a design competition. We've now seen the design. So they will bookend uh, the design. The new towers will bookend the downtown on the west side. So We'll have the very curvaceous Maryland towers on the east side. And the M-City towers will be shifting. They'll turn, they'll curve as well, but they'll be square. So uh, for those of you are listening are of a certain age and demographic. I like to call them the Ginger Rogers and the Fred Astaire that will complete our downtown. Another iconic... towers that will change again forever the landscape of the GTA. The Greater Toronto Area used to be about the CN Tower until Maryland came around, and now you see Maryland juxtaposed with the CN Towers. And now I expect the CN Towers will be between the M-City Towers and the Maryland Towers. This is very exciting actually. We have so much development going on, and since you're a real estate show your listeners will want to know that we've got the West Village, uh, the former oil refinery uh, in South Mississauga. Uh, on Lakeshore and Mississauga Road, and that's on 75 acres. It's now going to be called West Village, mixed use, uh, live, work, etc. It'll be a fantastic new development on the Lakeshore, um, and it'll be mixed use, so there'll be a lot of medium rise, low rise, and only very few high rise as well. Then on the former uh, power plant, OPG Lands, the two, the Four Sisters, will be a new cutting-edge community called Lakeview, uh, 170 seven acres of waterfront land that'll be um available for development. They're going to put that out to uh uh to public tender very, very soon. So we're very excited about that. And the provincial government donated back sixty seven acres to the city for our use. So for recreational use, for educational use, cultural use, et cetera. So we're very excited about that. And then on Port Street as well, uh Canada land zones that the the, the Port Street lands were the uh where the dock is and the marina exists and that'll be redeveloped as well but we will protect that marina you you have a commitment from councillor jim tovey and myself so so much going on whether it's around the lakeshore along here ontario as you've as you've talked about there's uh 22 kilometers of track fully paid for by the provincial government 20 stops connecting the Port Credit Go to the Cooksville Go and going right into Brampton at Brampton Shoppers World, and it will loop around the downtown, and that's why we see so much development going on in our downtown core because of that LRT will loop around the downtown. In fact, Todd, I've now counted that there will be over 20 towers breaking ground in the next 5 to 10 years in the downtown core. So not only M-City, but many others as well.
0: Wow. That's incredible, Madam Mayor. And um, folks, if you're just tuning in, my guest with Minutes with the Mayor right now is Mayor uh, Bonnie Crombie from Mississauga. And Madam Mayor, you know, when you, when you talk about that many towers in development, I mean, you know, it almost seems like we are equaling Toronto uh, at, at a certain level almost as new development.
3: Well, I have to tell you, there is such exciting development going occurring in Mississauga we really are the place to be we've issued over a billion and a half dollars in building permits and there is so much excitement from the press from residents from stakeholders interest internationally in the redevelopment of our waterfront land I mean when do you get the opportunity to develop 177 acres uh, of waterfront land and you know over on Lakeview and on the other side 75 acres over in the West Village just incredible so much going on to be proud of. So we're very excited and very proud Miss Mississauga.
0: Wow. You know, and, and and I think you should be, because again, you know, what a, what a wonderful uh, city it is. And looking at, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned some of those areas, because I remember as a child looking at the big oil tankers and, and you know, taking up that space for so many years, and then it, it was vacant for so many years. You know, everybody, no one truly knew what would become of that land. And the fact that now you've got a mixed use coming in, I think it's going to just enhance Mississauga as, as a huge attraction, especially since Rate right, being rate right on Lake Ontario. I mean, that's such a huge draw. Now, you yeah. also have a lot of events uh, that that's happen right. in Mississauga. Can you share with uh, you know a little bit of your calendar that we're looking at this year as far <laughs> as events in Mississauga?
3: Well, in fact, tomorrow evening we are launching the Waterfront Festival, which does take place in Port Credit. And then we bookend the summer with the Southside Shuffle in Port Credit as well. And in between we have Busker Fest, so that's three festivals right in the uh, uh, Port Credit area on the lakefront. We just had, in the first weekend of June each year, the Bread and Honey Festival that occurs in Streetsville. That's been going on um, almost as long as the C&E. It's the second longest-running festival in Canada, in fact. Um, and then, of course, throughout the summer, we use Celebration Square as the, as the host for all, most of our festivals. Every weekend, you can enjoy a new cultural event, um, whether it's um, the Polish Heritage Festival, as was last weekend, the Calayan Filipino Festival, Ferragusto, the Italian Festival... Uh, Ital Fest, Uh, there is Muslim Fest coming on, Mosaic, the Bollywood Monster mashup. Every single weekend we have a new group celebrating. And I must mention, of course, in May, on the May, uh, my anniversary weekend always, it is the Karasaga Festival and we celebrated over seven countries through 31 pavilions. And you get to experience the world uh, right in Mississauga every May. And it is the second largest multicultural festival in all of North America. So we're very, very proud to host Carissauga as well. We really are a city of festivals, so if you want to celebrate, enjoy some culture and history, uh, and of course music and the very fine food of uh, the different regions across the world, we invite you to Mississauga.
0: Yeah, excellent. And so, Madam Mayor, if we we were to paint a quick picture of Mississauga over the next five, ten years, I think you've got some steady growth planned, you know, a little better transit, and of course focusing on the infrastructure.
3: Absolutely. We're we We're retro-building in uh, the transit infrastructure that we need. Uh, of course, the LRT is the north-south spine of our regionally integrated network. We have a bus rapid transit line just completed. Uh, it's 18 kilometres. It runs parallel to the 403. People may have seen that bus route. The last station on Renforth uh, is will open later this fall, and it will connect right into um, the... Uh, Kipling Kipling Toronto subway station, so very very well. And we're and we're looking for other opportunities. We're studying the Dundas corridor for higher order transit, and of course we've now turned our attention to Lakeshore because of all the new development. Really, the road infrastructure is inadequate down there. So, what more can be done to enhance uh, the transit network down on the Lakeshore? But not, of course, on Lakeshore Lakeshore Drive, Lakeshore Boulevard, because of course was very busier as it is. So yeah. there is so much going on. And well, I wanted to highlight when we get the opportunity for you, some of the hidden gems in Mississauga when we get the chance as well.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Madam Mayor. It's mm-hmm. been a real uh, pleasure to have you on Simply Real Estate today. And we uh, you know, especially uh, appreciate your time.
3: Thank you so very much. and enjoyed the opportunity. And be sure you come to Mississauga to seek out uh, one of the many festivals this year or hit the Waterfront Trail and see the Adamson Estate or uh, our Riverwood Conservancy, which is a real hidden gen and the Chapel Estate that's hidden there. We have parks all across Wildwood Park in, in Malton or we have museums, the Benares and Bradley Museum uh, and great shopping, whether it's in Port Credit in Streetsville or of course Square One. So thank you for having me on,
0: Ton. That was Mayor Bonnie Crombie from Mississauga and I would like to thank her for showing up. Uh, all, always great to have the mayors join us and uh, you know she's great guests. Now also I want to thank my other guest today which was uh, Mr. Kelvin QC from RICO and uh, folks Keep in mind, read what you are signing. I can't emphasize that enough. And make sure you look up RICO. If you have any concerns or issues and you want to get a better education, make sure you know where to look. Also, uh, coming up next week, I've got uh, another mayor returning. Uh, Fortunately, it's um, Mr. Williams from Orangeville, He's going to be joining us as well. We've got John Carlos Ofidas joining us from Build. And Dave Butler is going to make an appearance. And we're going to talk about interest rates. What is happening with the Bank of Canada? So make sure you tune in next week. I want to thank my producer, Ian Grant, for making it simple this week, as he always does, and for you for tuning in. Remember, join me next week, Saturday at 3 p.m. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.